Uh, hello, universe. And yeah, 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 another fucking preamble. I know. What? What? I'm with you. But I'm doing this because I've never had this level of malaise. And it's not even that. Detachment. Uh, distance. Uh, unknowingness. With a recording as the one you're about to listen to, which is in two halves, pre-baggage and post-baggage. And I don't even, that's not it. That I went through a funk last year where I really felt like I had lost my muse, had no creativity in my head, was just incapable of having even an interesting thought. It lasted about six weeks. And then it went away. Well, today... I feel that again. For the first time since then. And frankly, we're almost a year from those feelings. And yet my tinnitus today, ah, it's off the fucking charts. Right now it's just piercing. And now that I've mentioned it, it just went up 10%. The, the cycles of rhythm for our own creative output. (laughs) I sometimes wonder if we're not under a well the worst preamble ever, right? Well, if you listen to this, then that's your fault. But if you listen to it past this, well, that's even more your fault. Hello, universe. I doubt you can hear it, but I have a cat on my lap purring. Almost purring and drooling, if I were to guess. I can't quite give that much saliva generation to her current behavior. Oh, you're getting off because I'm talking? Oh, no, you're circling up. Coming back for more. (sighs) I miss my dog. I miss my dog a lot today. There are days I wake up and here we are at 3.49 in the afternoon on Saturday, the 26th of August, where the sun has finally returned after a 24-hour hiatus to remind us that October is coming. And so I'm wearing pants. In August, guess it's about to be football season, so in this country, that means, <sighs> well, that's one thing I don't have to pay attention to anymore, football, oh, oh no, no longer interested in any of that shit, and I don't know if I lost interest in the rah-rah nature of our sporting culture because I lost interest in our culture and thus could not care less about sports anymore. Or if I really just ran out of juice to cheer for a jersey that just seems repetitively similar year after year after year after year after year. When you think about that argument and you lay it over something like golf, <clears throat> well, 
Basically, since Tiger Woods left the sport, I haven't been interested. And am I a Fairweather fan then? Eh, maybe. Maybe I, uh, at the age of 54, have come to see that none of that even matters in the long run. Watching Tiger Woods play golf might be somewhat uh, distracting, but playing golf, well, that's creating a memory for your soul. And yet that's kind of the transition that separated me from any interest in what's going on around here. Maybe cell phones are what killed my love of anything. Because there's no comparable experience gained through vicarious viewing or participation in someone else's. This is what it was like to go to the pyramid. Video upcoming next week. Join me on my live stream at 7 a.m. Eastern Mountain Time. <clears throat> we stopped almost dreaming of something we could do for ourselves because we could just latch onto the dreams of everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, the pyramid. I know all about it. I've, I've been there. Well, I mean, I haven't been to Egypt. But I've been down that fucking YouTube rabbit hole on the pyramid, baby. I've watched them all. There's nothing about the pyramid that I don't know. Except what it's like to stand next to it. <laughs> oh, fucking love it. You're not here to look down at a telephone. I can't imagine a more unsettling twist of fate than to watch what was the vigorous curiosity and creativity of my youthful humanity around me. I can remember the spirit of 76 when I was seven. Man, the city was just filled with activity and, and energy, all coming from a place of camaraderie. And I don't think anybody had a phone. I know nobody did. Well, except maybe UCIA. Well, and UMASAD. And UMI6, okay, fine. But today, it's as if everyone's on pause. Hang on a second. I got blink. Uh, okay, I'll hang on a second. Nothing can have the priority of your dreams if all your dreams can be fulfilled by just Google searching what's it like to do a dirty Sanchez? Bring a towel. Speaking of which, I have not gotten high. Well, there's the problem. Pause. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that was the problem. I mean, I've said hello to Mr. Jack Herrera. He still seems to be one hell of a guy worth knowing. And when I look over to the 
wildfire part of the world, which what means looking every direction anymore. I mean, fucking Maui's on fire. Maui? Maui? That's like telling me a bucket of water's on fire. <clears throat> I don't even see how the vegetation of Maui would permit such a horrific event. I would think it would be, I mean, being that it's a rainforest, it would be the kind of vegetation that would, would stop fires. Well, you know, when the fire finally reaches Maui, then it'll go out. Because what's going to burn on Maui? Um, well, a lot of people. What a horrible, 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 horrible event. And this is certainly not something I ever want to talk about again. Shouldn't be talking about now and will probably regret talking about later. But what... What leaves me the most curious, I suppose is the word, are the people who were found just in prone positions where you'd think, well, why didn't you run away? Like, how did you burn there? And even inside of vehicles, I mean, at some point, <clears throat> maybe you just are succumbing to your fate. What's the point of running any direction when all I can see are walls of flame? Those who had to bail out into the ocean? Do you understand what it would take to jump into the swirling waters that at any other point in your life you would consider about an 80% chance of death? Well, yeah, the What's behind you is a 100% chance of death. And the, I've always thought the worst possible death is to burn in a fire. I'm sure I've died that way. If you've been on planet Earth long enough, you've died that way too. There are just too many instances where that's been the cause of major death. Like Maui. And people on the water were having to protect themselves from the heat for fear of singeing more than was already being singed. Wrapping yourself in wet towels when you're hundreds of yards off the coast? What fucking fire could be that hot? I mean, seriously, think about that. You are an entire golf hole away from the coastline of Maui and you're wrapping yourself in wet blankets because you're afraid of dying from the heat exposure if you don't. I, if that isn't the, the kind of horror show that just overwhelms your senses, thinking about what anybody on that island dead or alive, endured. Real human horror. Watching other people die. I don't know. I've experienced no horror. 
all my horrors vicarious through screens, like most people's lives these days. Um, but because I have no real texture with the type of horror that, say, the Spanish conquistadors brought to the South American natives, I'll bet that was a shit show. I can even see it. I must have been there for that. Oh, God. Just the, the innocence that was stolen from the soul of humanity. The more you nibble away at that which is good, the more that which is good has to persevere. It's weird. The compulsions that I used to suffer, gambling, hell, sex, that's a fair one. And I, I think of sex as the act that allows you to feel loved. I've always, I mean, I do now. And I, and I think at the time I knew that, but I didn't know I didn't love myself. Like, hmm. I never really, uh, well, that's not fair. I slept with a lot of women. I found myself always available to sexual congress because I was, in retrospect, never available to self-love. And because this is the one physical act on the planet, and frankly, a hug, uh, holding hands, like anything that reinforces that somebody cares about you in a, in a physical connection, for me, always had special resonance. And so the idea that I ever used sex for uh, advantage, well, no, but I used sex every single time for some sense of feeling from within that I was loved. And I have a feeling that the reason I can't get past 20 months in a relationship is because at that point I had too many reasons to believe that I wasn't loved. I always had measured myself up against absolute perfection. A standard by which there is no measure. Nothing exists that can live up to one's expectations of perfection. It's just a series of failures. You're just not quite good enough. And if that's how you run yourself through this world, I never quite measured up to the standard of what I knew to be available in the moment of most realization? Hmm. You won't learn anything. You won't have the opportunity to see that there are lessons even to learn. You'd be swamped with the idea that it's again about you underperforming, choking, failing to realize, whatever it might be. You come equipped with the idea that this is the time you'll finally prove it to yourself that you're worth the shit that you think you are. Instead of withdrawing from all that measurement, all that competition, all that me versus the universe, 
into a position of, well, hold on. The true moment of realization that matters is the one in which I act with the grace and fluidity of my true self. Not thinking, but experiencing. Not analyzing, but emoting. Not directing, but participating. Finding your own groove, as it were, gives you all the latitude to play the game in whatever vertical, horizontal, or diagonal vector you want to run. Just do it as yourself. The rewards reveal themselves through the process, and then you become more constituted as the things that you are here to be. It's like a ball of light that starts as a pinpoint and grows into the sun. And the thing that matters most isn't how you measure up against the world, but how you measure up against yourself. And I was living in such disharmony. I never went to bed with a a feeling of this was a, a day of me at my best. I always was nitpicking the ways I could have been slightly better. Oh, you know, I think I used a, an adjective there when I should have used an adverb. In a day of 16 million words of conversation, I can find the one error, misspoken moment of time and hang on to that. And in so many ways, when I succeed at something, I didn't succeed enough. I mean, it's just a crazy landscape to put yourself on. Knowing what perfection is and then trying to live up to it. Oh, boy, now does that sound awful. Sounds like being a brain in a jar for the rest of eternity. Two thoughts that now I'm just not capable of even having. And so, does circumstance and environmental variable change enough that somewhere inside personal triggers start to flip over and recompose you In a world built like this, this is who I must be. In a world built like the 1980s, this is who I must have been. (coughs) The shift from the person I was to the person I am, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's hard to remember my motivations or my entanglements of inner thought that would lead to such things as 
having to, oh, uh, what's a good one? God, it's always about compulsion with sex, gambling, drugs. But tranquility is, is no longer optional. It's the only goal. All that extreme pulling just has miraculously, and this is about as close to a miracle as I can ascribe, for me to have made this shift unintentionally into a position of loving embrace of myself and for it to all have happened at a time when I had 95% given up was ready to die. I mean, I would never have killed myself because I'm not that courageous. I don't have the actual fortitude for such hmm, for such action of permanence. Now I'm more, well, if we can go through that door by leaving these six doors open so we can race back here in case we made a mistake, then let's just do that. I was always doing things where it was like, well, I don't really know what I want to do, so I'll just close off as few avenues as possible as I walk through life, hoping something eventually triggers that says, oh, this is what I want to do. Looking for some sort of fulfillment in the environment, like I was going to find it. Oh, well, it's too bad you never made it to Africa, bro, because all your fulfillment happened to be on the African continent. Oh, sucks that you never got there. Well, must have been a shitty life over there in America, bro. Yeah, no, you made it to Europe like most Americans, but Africa, we wanted to see you get to Africa. Well, I don't care that you know there are 54 countries in Africa. And one, what is that? I can't even remember what contested state. There was a 55th territory that had a special designation in the write-up that I came to think was the most trustable, trustworthy. Okay. I am a little stone now, as we can all tell. But getting back to having felt yourself through different time periods of life, well, this last time period of life, how do I, how do I become this person if I don't go through what I've been through? And having finally drilled down enough into myself to emerge as a being who is filled with self-love. Maybe it was a 50-year journey in the making the entire time. I was downtown yesterday and realized it was... Um, I think it was... Everyone was wearing pink. So I'm pretty sure that's Breast Cancer Awareness Day. But nobody was running, so I don't know that it wasn't just like a, a walk for breast cancer awareness. But my mom is a survivor, and I'm processing all of these stories potentially on the sidewalks around me of survivors of breast cancer. And I'm thinking, at 20, I have no true empathy for this group because I've got no life experience that allows 
that level of empathy. Of course, I felt for anybody who had cancer, and I especially felt for anybody who was a survivor of cancer in a way that would make them disfigure themselves to survive. I thought, what a particularly brutal disease. Breast cancer. We're going to come carve off your breasts to help you live. I just have always <laughs> found the ultimate chase of beauty perfection that you see in women, that allure to a standard of excellence that there is no such thing, some of the most truly angelic-looking women I've no known could pick apart their faces quicker than you could name the five things most beautiful about them. But you haven't named that my eyelashes are thinning. <laughs> no, I haven't, because I didn't even see your eyelashes until right now. But you did. You saw them your whole life. And so to you, they're a flaw. And our frame of reference is so uniquely particular to what we're going through at any given point in time that to think we're capable of anything reactionary other than being the best we can in the moment, well, that's... When I look back at my 20-year-old self who wouldn't know how much it meant that that celebration of women's strength against a pernicious disease. It, it, it's sad that that's just something that I recognize one day a year when I see a bunch of pink shirts. And it's not, because of course, as a son of a survivor of breast cancer, I do think about it often with my mother. But I am selfishly involved in something because I got dragged into it. Otherwise, that remains on my periphery and I stay... Well, as the person I am, I stay kind, understanding, and forgiving of all that which, on this planet, causes us so much emotional pain, like cancer. So, I just have these shifting realizations, and often, unfortunately, of how much more outwardly I'm radiating energy at all times. It's as if my sphere of influence emotionally has risen exponentially in the last three or four years. I am... I am in tune with a level of life experience that is so fulfilling. I'm not I'm not really able to figure out how to express it. And maybe it's just not being a piece of shit anymore. Having to deal with being a piece of shit is not fun, especially if you know it. Well, 
However, this new purpose, destiny, and fulfillment of a life here has manifested. <clears throat> I can't stop embracing it. And I don't know that the stand-up comedy stage is the place for me. But I don't know that it's not. It's a fascinating journey to stumble and succeed and be filled with self-doubt and driven to the next one, the next one, the next one. I am I'm unaware of how this is all being coordinated inside of me, but I know that I'm going to the I would go to the open mic tomorrow night um, if I knew for sure it was happening, but I don't think it happens the last Sunday of the month. Anyway, my point is like I'm I'm that's my that's all I'm trying to do right now is to continue communicating honestly and to whomever is listening at open mic comedy nights. And Thursday night was terrific. I made connections with a lot of people individually and on a group level. I'm I'm starting to the one thing I can say about since June first was my first actual attendance at an open mic comedy night. Since that day, roughly 90 days ago, I have been 100% sincere with everything I have said or done in that group. I have no question been myself throughout all of it. For the first time ever, I have put myself into a community where I'm exactly who I who I am in that community, there is nothing guarded, protected, or manipulated about me. I have said some of the plainest truth things, both on stage and to people, that are shocking <laughs> to me. So I know that that environment is where I belong. Nothing pulls me one way or another. And I am completely confident moving forward with exposing myself as a as a discombobulated entity on planet Earth eight six seven by three oh nine. There's really no better place. You want to talk about a room full of discombobulated people? It's the open mic comedy night scene. But everyone there believes the world can be better. So with that much in common, well, whatever we don't have in common doesn't matter because all we want to do is make a better world just like you. <laughs>